Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Brand new week. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Another week of the Eagle Hour from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. We're live today. Kelly Santer, Luke Johnson, Michael Mergens celebrating a season-ending victory for the Golden Eagle football team. Southern Miss wins two in a row. And uh, we'll talk about that more here in just a minute. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation will be joining us later in the show talking about the Golden Eagles basketball trip out to Montana as well as what's on the horizon as we're in the last uh, two weeks before the December signing period for football. All that coming today on the Eagle Hour. First segment, as always, brought to you by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you. Christmas music playing loudly from all spears as your Christmas parties uh, get ready. Uh, and, of course, uh, in Hattiesburg this week, there's going to be a lot of high school football games in the state championships. Dickie's can cater your Christmas party. They can cater your next tailgating event. Dickie's cooked here, loved everywhere. All right, Kelly Santer, what a way to end the season. Golden Eagles defeat FIU 37-17. to Golden Eagles rush for 322 yards. Frank Gore with four touchdowns, two through the air. A total uh, yards 444 from the Golden Eagles, the right way you want to end the season. Game got a little close, uh, but the Eagles pulled away and had a dominant second half. Yeah, kind of a slow start, but that's kind of been the modus operandi uh, for this team all year. But a couple, a couple of observations. First of all, to, to people on one end of the spectrum that have really gone overboard with euphoria, you know, I mean, it, it, is, it is great, right, to finish the season with two wins. It kind of harkens you back to the, the Munkin year where they won the last game against UAB and then went on to have a you know, pretty good season the next year. So there certainly is reason to be optimistic. But look, you beat a Louisiana Tech team that had, that about, in my opinion, about five weeks earlier had folded up its tent and quit. All right, and you beat a, a Florida international team that has so much controversy around it right now that that it was a it was a tire fire. So I mean, these were not great teams that Southern Miss beat. Now I'm not I'm not taking away the fact that it is a victory. It's a, it's a, it's good to build upon for the next couple of years. The Eagles never quit this season. The coaches kept trying to tinker with things and move things around to try to find a way to win. Certainly, reason for optimism, but but let's let's not get too crazy here now, thinking that they're Come ready to on. contend for a national championship next Come year. Come on, Debbie Downer. Come <laughs> no, on. Man. No, no, no. I'm trying to say that it, that it is a good way to end the season. You'd rather end the season with two wins after a series of losses than start the season with two wins and end with a series of losses. So all things pointing up, but it, let's keep things in perspective. Now uh, they they didn't beat. Very good football teams, but it is a good way to end the season. Momentum and enthusiasm all pointing toward next season. And when you look at the way the season starts next year, Luke, they open at home against a very wealthy Hugh Freeze now. 
after getting his uh, contract extended at Liberty. So they'll open at the Rock against Liberty. Then they go on the road to the University of Miami to play the U in a game that you're going to try to actually report live from next year. Then the Demons of Northwestern State come to Hattiesburg, and then Southern Miss goes down the road to Tulane to where Will Hall will get to take on his, his former team, the Green Wave. So already looking forward to, to next season uh, and a pretty good first four-game slate next year. There's reality, Kelly, but you just totally like blew the the smoke out. I mean, the fire out. I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> no, I, we, we lost all these games in a row. We win the last two. Let's be a little more optimistic. No, no, I, I am. I am. Like I said, the, the way to end it. That's the that's the way. And you and you're hoping that the way that it ended, comparing it to that Munkin year that they went on to do the great things the next season. No, I'm I'm all for it. I mean, obviously, that's a great way to end. Um, but part of part of what we do on this show is to try to keep things real as well. So um, I'm keeping it real. I'm sneaking celebrating the fact that the Eagles won big. So you you did say let me let me just correct one thing. So you said it was a slow start. Let me let me just we got off to a really hot start because the defense got three or two turnovers and then forced a punt. You look up, and we're up twenty-one nothing. And uh, I, I remember uh, my dad said something on you know this. After then, when we get into the second quarter, um, FIU hit us for uh, for a big big uh, shot. I think it was like a 91-yard pass. And then my dad said, this game is really tightening up, which I thought, that's not good. You know, and, right. and just you knew something might happen, and we turned the ball over. But then what I was, what I was proud of, and you saw the same thing in the Louisiana Tech game, you, and, and to your point, it could have been competition, but the same, same thing what I'm getting at, is that the Eagles, when adversity hit, they came back and they finished, which yeah. is one of the, the things that we didn't see this year. So you feel like from an emotional level, from a, a, a mindset level, they were able to, to get over the hurdle in these last two games and be able to finish games, regardless of who you're playing. You've got to, as a program and as a group of players and coaches, get over that mental hurdle and believe that you can finish football and, games. And there were signs of maturing. All right, signs of maturation in this process, right? The guys never quit. And again, my, whoever I'm cheering for, I just want to make sure that my team is competing and that they don't quit. And to credit the guys, they did not quit, even when it would have been easy to do so. And look, let's look around the league. There are some teams that completely shut it down, you know, including Louisiana Tech and FIU, uh, you know, for which there are going to be repercussions for both these programs, at least for next season, because of what happened. So they never quit. The coaches rolled up their sleeves. And look, the other thing, too, is this super back thing that everybody's talking about is so great. Again, let's be realistic. This is not the way you're going to run your operation. All right, it was successful and did what it was intended to do. But Will Hall himself said, we're going to get a quarterback, and the quarterback's going to run the show. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Yeah, but he did say in in the post game he was asked specifically uh, about the the superback, and he said that uh, this is the quote: uh, "We're going to play a real quarterback. We're going to have another quarterback get drafted here in the near future. We're going to have quarterbacks that play in the NFL. That's who we are. This will be a package of what we do because we've got too many of them, meaning athletes." And we've got two kids committed right now that are unbelievable athletes that play quarterback at their high schools. So, yeah, I mean, I, certainly you you keep it in there. And I think what it allows you to do is your normal offensive system, you can move the ball as you wish. 
But you can bring the Super back out in order to do what they did the last three games, and that's to control the clock, control the field position, control the flow of the game. You can speed up the throttle if you want to, and you can slow it down and dominate a game from field position if you wish, or from time of possession if you wish. And you have to have an offensive line that is functional. And there were at times earlier in the season when it did not seem to be a functional unit. But I don't think anyone will argue the fact that down the stretch, the offensive line came together and probably as a unit showed more, showed more maturation than any other unit on that team. And again, lots of times the offensive line gets picked upon, but when they play well as a unit, you know, it needs to be noted. And I don't care who your super back is. None of that works if you don't have anything going you know, on up front. So kudos to those guys. And I really don't mean to be a wet blanket. I, I really don't because I am excited about the future. I've always thought that Will Hall is a winner. He's proven to be a winner everywhere he's been. But in this uh, you know, fast society we live in, you want a full meal in, uh, after ordering it you know, two and a half minutes before. It, it takes time. And I think now you're starting to see and you'll see the personnel overhaul to some degree in the offseason. And no pun there saying overhaul. Um, but you'll see as he gets more of the type of players that he wants to fit this scheme that definitely everything pointing up at the, and, and a great way to end the season. The guys never quit. They always competed, and that's all you can ever ask for. And, of course, now it's translating into wins, and that's what it's all about. The, uh, the Superback uh, quadruplets, we should say, the, the four horsemen of the Superback, Deshaun uh, Richard, Demarcus Jones, Frank Gore Jr., and Antavius Willis, they account – uh, on the ground for 322 yards, passing a gore through for 81. He was 4 or 5. Willis was 4 or 4 for another 122 yards. Uh, both of them combined 122 yards, two touchdowns. Rushing, uh, Richard got his second 100-plus um, game of the year, 107 yards on 16 carries. Uh, Demarcus Jones, nine carries for 95 yards. Of course, he had that big uh, 56-yard run. And, uh, you know, Frank Gore got two touchdowns on the ground. Richard added another one. So, yeah, I mean, it, I, what I love about it is uh, it was fun to watch, Kelly. Yes. When you roll those four different guys out there, and you just got to remember, of course, we didn't see Ty Keys the second half of the season, didn't see Chandler Pittman the second half of the season. So you got to feel good going into the spring. You know, Ty Keys, I think, is, is healthy enough probably in the next week or two weeks, I think, to start getting back to football activities. And it will be amazing to see the type of offseason that he's able to put together when he devotes himself to only one sport, which he never did at Taylorsville. That's what I'm excited to see. And it was fun to watch the game, too, because it took you back to, like, the 1940s, you know, when there was a lot more of that style of offense around. So us old schoolers like to see a little bit of that every once in a while. Eagles finished the season 3-9, and nine, but on a two-game winning streak. We're going to step aside, and Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation will join us in this second segment coming up. We'll talk recruiting and uh, the Golden Eagles' three-game trip out to Montana. Eagle Hour on a Monday continues right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour on this Monday continues and is brought to you every day. The second segment by Campus Bookmark. You got less than a month to get Christmas presents, and you might as well get your loved ones 
Golden Eagle presence. And I don't care what team they cheer for. They could cheer for uh, Kelly, who is it, the Delaware Blue Hens? Is That's that, it. Is that accurate? That's that way to go, Luke. Yeah. They they need Southern Miss stuff. Uh, what, what's the most uh, unique mascot that that you know of, Kelly? Oh, I'll, let me ponder that. Let me, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll have some for you. Okay. High school or Wherever. college? What's that? High school or college? College. Okay. Because I got some doozies for high school. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I bet you do, Yankee man. Anyway, campus bookmark, the place to get your relatives and your friends, all the Southern Miss swag that you could possibly want. It's all there, campusbookmark.net, and they're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joining us. And Heath, let's just get right to it. It's Cyber Monday, and Big Gold Nation got some specials going on. Yeah, we do, actually. Uh, for uh, new annual subscriptions for the full year, it is only $20.21. Promo wow. code is RIVALS2021. That's for a full year. That's a heck of a deal. I mean, if you think about it, that's, uh, that's even, I mean, that's barely less than what, a dollar sixty a month or something like that. I'm not that great with math. But, uh, it's a heck of a deal to get the lowdown of what's happening around Southern Miss, athletics, basketball, football, and not much longer, baseball. And what is what is that code again, Heath? It is Rivals 2021, all capitalized. If you'll go look on my Twitter uh, feed, you will see it, and I'll make sure we're going to put up. There'll be something out this afternoon with it. So uh, make sure you check out at Big Gold Nation on Twitter, and you will see it. But the code is Rivals, all capitalized, 2021. Cyber Monday deals from Big Old Nation. All right, Heath, let's talk basketball. The Zootown Classic, Golden Eagles go out, win the first two uh, convincingly against UNC Wilmington, came back really uh, the whole game trailed against San Diego, and then I just thought they, they probably ran out a little gas. They they fought back in Montana against Montana uh, at home and, and just kind of ran out of gas there at the end. Kind of talk about, uh, you know, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you during these three games? Well, I mean, if you go back and look at the whole week, they win, uh, they won three out of four games for the whole week. So if you go back and, and, and really look at things, not a bad week for Southern Miss. Uh, yeah, you look at that game and how it was played and look in the second half and you could see Southern Miss, it was close all the way. Southern Miss got out to a lead, but you're right. Their legs seemed like their legs were a little tired. Jumpers started being short. And when you're playing a team that because of sickness, actually got a day off between games, as Montana did. They didn't have to play the day before. Southern Miss, the only team in that tournament to play three games, and it kind of showed towards the end. All things equal, I think Southern Miss comes out with a victory. But, uh, yeah, a great effort. Uh, shows a little what this team can be, and uh, they're going to continue to get better. Now, Heath, is it just me, or is it, as I was watching you know, stats and keeping up with those games in Montana – Tay Hardy didn't get near as many playing minutes as I as I thought he would. Is there a is there a storyline there that we don't know about, or was just uh, Jay Ladner putting some more guys on on exhibition, so to speak? I think I think there one thing is uh, he said now before the tournament they were looking for different ways of putting uh, groups out on the floor, right? But I also think Tay's injured too because he got injured in that third game and didn't come back. So I think there's some type of injury there. Not 100% sure what it is. But it does seem like he's dealing with something, dealing with something that's ailing him. But look, with Bolden coming in and scoring like he did, you've got some guys now that can take those points and score. So uh, 
the deeper the team this year, you're going to have some pieces in place that in last season, if he goes down, the, the scoring just goes away. So hopefully you got some pieces in place that can take the scoring, take his place scoring on the floor if he's injured or playing injured. Still, still very much early in the season, but so far when Tay Hardy has been in the Golden Eagle lineup, he has been the most consistent player out on the floor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, creating his own shot right around free, uh, free throw line. Been shooting the three pretty well at times. Uh, absolutely been a him. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Isaiah Moore has been, uh, he has been a force in the middle that Southern Miss hasn't had in a while. 6'10", been able to shoot it from the outside. He is, to me, he's made a, such a huge difference on both the offensive and defensive ends for Southern Miss. It's allowing Stevenson to see uh, less double teams. So I, I think you're starting to see this team come together and, and really uh, teams are having to respect more, a lot more now, pardon the pun. But I, I, I like what I'm seeing from the Golden Eagles and a uh, big game coming up against South Alabama this week. You, uh, you you mentioned Rashad Bolden, and, and after he scored 29 points against uh, UNC Wilmington, by the way, Bolden's named the Conference USA Freshman of the Week this week. You know, Jay Ladner said that they knew they were getting a, a really good player, but he has exceeded expectations. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of see, you know, possibly him playing a whole lot more. They thought they would lean heavily on, on Napper at the point, but Bolden, given the great case, said uh, he, he's earned a lot more minutes. Well, hey, Napper's played well his last three games, too. So Napper has been much better. He's kind of settled in a little bit. Sometimes it takes Juco guys a while to kind of get adjusted to what's happening. So Napper's, uh, Napper's done pretty well the past three games. So, uh, we'll see going forward, but I think you're starting to see depth happen. And right with Bolden, Bolden went off. He only missed one shot in his first game. He couldn't miss. Yeah, I think he could have sat down on the floor half court and thrown it, and it would have went in. That's how <laughs> yeah. hot he was. So, uh, you know, even the shot he missed, it rattled in and out three times. And uh, uh, he, the biggest thing for me, biggest biggest takeaway is, is that they were obviously in all three games. Uh, the second game, they fall back and, and won. And then against Montana, they you, you see a fight in this team that perhaps we haven't seen before. All right, Heat, let's let's turn the page to recruiting. Everybody now focusing on this momentum of this last two games, uh, the winning streak, uh, last two games against Louisiana Tech and FIU. You go into season with a multi-game winning streak, and now. This is the thing. How does Will Hall recruit in year two with his recruiting class? Do you think it will be better than last year on the same level, or can he match in-state what he did last year in his first signing class? Well, I think right now you're looking at it. He's done with high school. I think he's probably gotten all the high school kids, maybe one if he uh, has one commit. But I I think right now what you're looking at is uh, with the 16 guys he's got committed, I think you're seeing – uh, him to make a uh, concerted effort to hit the JUCO and transfer portal. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, linemen, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, guys that can come in and play immediately. And uh, that's what they're looking for. And, and it's not a easy. The portal's not an easy thing. Players are in the portal for a reason. Sometimes it's their own doing. Sometimes it's not. So you have to be careful of what you get. So they're being really selective about that. And leaving a couple of scholarships for a player that could uh, fall towards them. So I think right now they're done with high school. They're going to be looking more JUCO and uh, 
and transfer portal to bring more players in, which could equal to be about 29 players, 30 players. Not not that he would certainly end up at Southern Miss, but there's national story today that Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma has announced he is going to enter the transfer portal. But while we're on that subject, Keith, there's kind of been you know talk on the street and people uh, wondering, inquiring minds want to know, about Miles Brennan at LSU. Is there any indication? And, and some people really feel like, Miles Brennan uh, would consider Southern Miss, and, and I wonder if there's any mutual interest there or anything that you could share along those lines that we might not know. No, I mean, it's just a situation where a guy's got one year. He's got one year left to play unless uh, the NCAA gives him more eligibility, but he's got one year left to play, and he's going to want to go somewhere where that one year he can use it to uh, – you know, show off his talents, and he thinks he can be an NFL quarterback probably, and he wants to go somewhere where he can be successful, uh, get his name put out there, and, uh, you know, get eyes upon him. So uh Southern missed that place? I don't know. Uh, we'll see, but I haven't heard anything specifically on, you know, is he leaning heavy any other way. I just think a lot of it has to do with the – it just depends on the situation, Kelly. Yeah, it depends I, on what type of situations come up for him. And the way that I would answer that, and again, Miles Brennan, we mentioned he's LSU, but he's a Mississippi native, you know, down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, uh, played at St. Stanislaus. My answer to that, just thinking out loud, and this is purely, obviously, my opinion, is no. Southern Miss would not be a, a good fit for him. I, I, just to the point that you just said, he's only got one year left. And I think when you look at the future of this program, and again, I'm a lay person, right? I haven't sat in on any of the coaches' meetings. But I would think the future of this program at quarterback is Ty Keyes. And, and he's already in-house and has plenty of eligibility left. So as this team continues to grow, uh, you know, why bring in another guy that, you know, for one year uh, when you might have the guy that is the future of your program already in-house? Is that a reasonable argument, Luke Johnson? Yeah, I mean, I think I totally agree. I mean, Put him out there, let him roll. Get the if there's any growing pains out, you know you you got to just go ahead and do that. You you don't just delay his development, right? You know for for what you might get out of Miles Brandon. All right, Heath, real quick, uh, as the music sounds again, Cyber Monday deal at Big Gold Nation. Tell us how to do it and the uh, the code again. Yeah, just go to uh, just go sign up. Uh, go to my Twitter, Big Gold Nation on Twitter. You'll see. Uh, a link. I'm, I'm going to put something else out, but the code is Rivals2021, and that gets you a full year subscription for $20.21. Come join the fun, keep up with us, and uh, become a member of Big Gold Nation. It's always fun, and uh, we're in Miller Street now. That's Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. We'll step aside. Coaching carousel going on within Conference USA as well. We'll look at it, Eagle Hour, right after this. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Within the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium, it's the official pregame and postgame meeting place for Southern Miss fans and alumnus, alumni to meet at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Darts. A great place to shoot a game of pool and just to talk Southern Miss athletics. And Miss Louise always has that great uh, lunch for you that includes a soft drink, and it's always been uh, the same price. Kelly Sander along with Luke Johnson in the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Merg producing the show today. 
a lot of things happening in Conference USA. Of course, Conference USA will be a term that we will use less and less of as the Eagles transition to the Sun Belt no later than July of 2023. But remember at the beginning of the year on this program, Luke, we talked about coaches that were definitely on the hot seat, according to the CBS Sportsline. Let's take a look at some of those programs now, where they are, how they finished the season, and what is the prognosis for the existing coach to be there next year. And we'll start with Middle Tennessee. Rick Stockstill, who's the dean of coaches in Conference USA, up there at uh, Murfreesboro with the Blue Raiders, he was uh, under the gun because he's, he's really been right at about 500 for 15 years, which a lot of people you know haven't thought is too great. Well, guess where the Blue Devils finished this year, or the Blue Raiders, rather? Six and six. <laughs> Another 500 season. But Middle Tennessee has committed to play in the Bahamas Bowl. So if you use the litmus test of going to a bowl game as whether you should keep a coach or maybe consider making a change, the Blue Raiders are going to a bowl game. So is that going to be good enough to keep Rick Stockstill? Well, we can tell you at this point there's no talk that Stockstill is going to be going anywhere next year. So it looks like, Luke, that uh, he's back for another year at Middle Tennessee if he wants to next year. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a three-game losing streak. They had a two-game winning streak. And, of course, Southern Miss was the second game of that. And then they ended the season loss-win, loss-win. Had he lost to FAU and they not got bowl eligible, but you want to talk about just like a you know what blah season they went four and four in the conference they went six and six overall yeah and uh, yeah but they do get to go to the Bahamas and kind of the joke there was the the winner of that game would have gone to uh, the Bahamas and FAU uh, didn't win it so uh, FAU not bowl eligible at five and seven so yeah I mean here's the thing I mean what are you going to do right. And you've got it, and it's the same question, and we'll get to Skip Holtz in a second, but like, Conference USA is about to be relegated. And I guess anybody that views that job, it's, it's a, you know, a two win season or, or, I mean, a two season job or three season job if you turn them around. And for some of these schools like Middle Tennessee that said, we want to coach for 10 years, you got to come to reality like Southern Miss is not possible anymore. Six and six, and again, he's about 500 over his 15-year career. So looks like more of the same at Middle Tennessee, at least. We're not hearing any news to the contrary. All right, North Texas at the beginning of the year. Seth Luttrell in, uh, in, was on the hot seat there in Denton. And the Mean Green coming off a very weak season last year and quite honestly started out slowly this year. But there's a team now that has picked up ahead of steam, beginning probably with the win over Southern Miss. The Mean Green finish 6-6, six and six, and it now appears, Luke, that 6-6 six and six is going to be good enough for Seth Luttrell to stay at least another year. This is, uh, this is real reminiscent of what Larry Fedora did. You know, you, you start off 1-6, and six, and then you rip off five in a row, and, you know, they got a chance uh, if they get to a bowl game to, to have a, a winning season. But I think he saved his job because he beat the everlasting snot out of UTSA and ended their perfect season on Saturday. And uh, had he had he not, you know, dominated in that way, they probably would have moved on. But you you wonder the you know the dynamics of that team, how much they've got coming back. That will probably have something to say with this also. I think you make a good point that by beating not just anybody but beating UTSA, 
that that probably saved his job for sure. And the same can be said of Stockstill beating FAU, a team that was projected to finish, if not first, certainly second in the East, uh, and Middle Tennessee doing that. So it appears that Stockstill at Middle Tennessee and Seth Luttrell at North Texas have coached their way to at least another year. Dana Dimmel at UTEP is kind of a different story in the sense that he, like the other ones, was coaching for his job. UTEP started off well, but staggered down the road. But still, with seven wins, it would appear that's going to be good enough for Dana Dimmel to get at least another year in El Paso. Yeah, they just faded down the stretch, man. They started so well, and they lost four out of their last five. And and that's that's a tough pill to swallow. They got beat uh, by 17 on the road to UAB. Uh, at UAB, and uh, so uh, still, I mean, UTEP, compared to what they've done these last couple years, weren't looking at all uh, to to have this season like they did, but they do finish fourth in the West, but I do think seven wins allows him to hang around. The easiest question on our test today is which teams have been the biggest disappointment this season, and I think, uh, you know, question... The, the first way that you would answer that question would be FIU, and it cost Butch Davis his job. Now, Butch Davis, of course, has been on public record as saying that, that uh, he's accused the administration of sabotaging the program at FIU, but he has retired, so Butch Davis is done at FIU. The other really underachiever and bad performer this year was Louisiana Tech. In the mix, supposedly, to win the West, and La Tech won just a couple of games this season. Skip Holtz and the university have decided mutually that they are going to go their separate ways. Now, there's two adages that you've heard over the years. The phrase familiarity breeds contempt, that you've almost been somewhere too long where some changes need to be made. And you've also heard the phrase of a seven-year itch. It's just time to make a change. No particular reason. Just, eh, we need to do something different. Well, Holtz has been there nine years, and familiarity breeds contempt. And although he's had some great years, this was a just a disastrous season for Louisiana Tech for any number of different reasons, but it has cost Skip Holtz his uh, coaching tenure over in Ruston. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. So he went 6-1. and one. He won 10 games two years ago. And the question then becomes, what is a reasonable expectation for group of five jobs, particularly now with Louisiana tra- uh, Tech's track to stay in Conference USA? I, I think sometimes you can get uh, you know the same thought uh, that that why well, Coach Bauer was forced out, right? Um, because eight and five looks a whole lot better than th- than three and nine, and I, I just yeah, I mean you're disappointed, but I mean I was still. I get there was a bunch of other factors, but I'm looking there at watching LSU, you know, um, beat A and M, and I'm saying. Dude, that Orgeron won 71% of his game. Right, right. And then so, like, I get the fact that it's a moving target. I get the fact that it's about what have you done for me today. But, I mean, Skip Holtz won 10 games at Louisiana Tech a couple years ago. Yeah, and Played you, for a conference championship. And Southern Miss fans learn, too, you have, sometimes have to be careful what you ask for. Because as, as bad as you might think it is as to why you want to make a change, they learned quickly it can be a whole lot worse, and take a lot longer to recover. But anyway, that's Louisiana Tech's problem to deal at this point. So right now, FIU and Louisiana Tech are in the coaching market. By the way, an interesting side note here, the teams from Division I schools that have announced they are going to the AAC finished the season 
with a Division One record of four and fifteen the last three weeks or so of the season. These are the teams that are going to the AAC, finished the nineteen game last three weeks of the season at four and fifteen, and the teams that have announced they're going to the Sun Belt, which of course would include Southern Miss, over the past three weekends have gone fifteen and four. I think that's pretty telling, don't you? Yeah, I think so. I think you're exactly right. And how many of those? Uh, how many did we say of the? Of the <laughs> we're, we're North Texas. American. We're North Texas. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> absolutely. It, yeah. And so, I, let, let me let me throw this into. I I was kind of disappointed in Will Healy and Charlotte. I was too. I, I thought they would really break out this year because he was being talked about for you know a few Power Five jobs and and, and they started like there. UTEP. They started like UTEP. They had a really really good beginning and everybody thought that he was going to be the, the you know the fair haired boy and they they did not finish well. They lost. At all. They lost five out of their last six. And I mean that's a did you lose the locker room. And they weren't close either. I mean, the closest that they had in that losing streak are, was are those five games they lost was a, was a ten point loss to Louisiana Tech. I mean, they got blown out really every week. And he's, so he's still early enough in his tenure, though, to where he didn't have to worry. It was those guys like Stockstill and and Latrell and Dimmel who were deep enough into their contracts where a decision was going to have to be made one way or another. And it looks. Right now, Luke, like uh, like it's going to be status quo pretty much for Conference USA, except for the you know the total dysfunction at FIU and Louisiana Tech now, and who knows where those schools are going to wind up and what coaches are even going to want those jobs. Frankly, I mean, uh, let's be honest. Who wants to go to FIU when when you got a dude named like Butch Davis that that has seen the landscape from top to bottom? I mean, a, a, an early coach, you know, a young coach is saying, "Yeah, they're 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 sabotaging me." I mean, Butch Davis, you got to feel like it's like he's not looking to go anywhere else. Like he's he's winding down his career. So for him to say strong words like that, probably pretty accurate. And so, who wants to go there into that dumpster fire and and fool with it? It's just it's not worth it. And then La Tech, uh, you know, with the the controversy as to whether whether anybody else wants him, you know, other than Conference USA. And I'm like you, I think they pulled the trigger a little bit too early because when you have a name and a resume like his, I think you deserve a mulligan every once in a while. But he has kind of said he thought it was time for him to move on as well. So that's the way the coaching situation looks in Conference USA. And we really only have to talk about Conference USA per se for just one more year. Kelly Sander along with Luke Johnson will wrap up this Monday edition of the Eagle Hour after these commercial messages. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by D-Bat and D-1 Training. Great opportunity with the Christmas season coming up. Gift your kids the gift of instruction. Maybe gift a uh, family member the gift of D-1 Training. Of course, on the, uh, with baseball season coming up in a few months on the uh, D-Bat side, Great shop they got, all the, the name brands in baseball and softball equipment, and a great place to go and get holiday gifts, great place to train and get instruction, great batting cages on uh, D-Bat, and great training. I'm, I'm going to help them training. with some of their camps. Did you know that, Luke? Really? What are you doing? I'm just I, they're going to have me in front of all the kids before the camps start and say this is what happens when you 
You Sit. don't train. <laughs> That's right. Before and after. <laughs> Who's going to be the after? Well, anybody but me. Uh, I'm telling you, oh. you, you learned flying in these in these airplanes, you know, for Thanksgiving. And I mean, I'm smashed into that little seat. I look like a busted can of biscuits with parts of my body flopping out over Hush. the over I the edges. I don't want the visual. Okay. Yeah, right. but, but the, I appreciate you. We're all thankful you're serving the community like that. <laughs> Thank Kelly you. Center. We, all right, a couple news and notes. As we mentioned earlier, Southern Miss men's basketball freshman Rashad Bolden earning Conference USA Freshman of the Week honors. He had 29 points, obviously a career high in the 80-66 to 66 win over UNC Wilmington up in Montana last Wednesday. Uh, Coach Jay Ladner with high praises for uh, the freshman from Jackson out of St. Andrews High School. So congratulations to uh, Rashad Bolden. Uh, on the women's side, Coach Joy Lee McNellis' team ba- bounces back after a tough loss to Arkansas Pine Bluff. On Friday, they came back and dominated uh, Mississippi Valley State, 72-53. They improved to 4-2 and two on the year. And uh, we'll head to Atlanta, Georgia, this coming uh, Wednesday to take on Georgia State and then uh, on Sunday, South Alabama. There we go, Kelly, an opportunity to beat the Jaguars. Let's see what we can. If we can do it. Oh, yeah, let's beat him in something. You know, but, but that uh, that Lady Eagle loss to, to Arkansas, Pine Bluff, boy, that's, you talk about a clunker. They'd sure like to have that one again. The Lady Eagles yeah. would like to have that game over again. In a lot of ways, it's a good wake-up call for, uh, for the Lady Eagles. All right, Conference USA football over the weekend. On Friday, UAB defeated UTEP 42-25. North Texas ends UTSA's dream season, gives them their first loss of the season. Main Green win 45-23. Rice defeats Louisiana Tech 35-31. Old Dominion knocks off Charlotte 56-34. Western Kentucky beats Marshall down to win the East 53-21. Middle Tennessee knocks off Florida Atlantic 27-17. And the Golden Eagles defeat FIU 37-17. What that means is the Conference USA Championship set for this Friday at 6 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. Western Kentucky at UTS. And you got you got two teams going in different directions. Uh, the Hilltoppers, you know, did not really impress me at the beginning of the year, but steadily got better as the season went on. Hilltoppers playing their best football right now. Conversely, UTSA, after showing complete dominance for most of the season, has started to wobble a little bit. And uh, and Western Kentucky hoping to deliver an uppercut Friday that might upend um, the you know UTSA's bid for a Conference USA championship. But I think at this point. Uh, the two best teams overall are getting to play for the championship. And while we get it, while we get this opportunity, you got to salute Old Dominion too for the way that the Monarchs finished the season. Boy, yep. they were terrible at the beginning of the year, and uh, and steadily got better. And I think it's almost they, like the the Sun Belt announcement breathed life in, into their program. Yeah, it is interesting of the timing of that, isn't it? That they really the prospects of of taking on uh, James Madison again. You know, <laughs> that's, <laughs> their arch enemy. Yeah, but what did Old Dominion won, I think, four or five in a row to end the season. I mean, they, they, they just finished played, well. Yeah, they played well. So good for All them. right, over Thanksgiving, uh, Michael's Bears knocked off the Lions 16-14. to My Saints got destroyed 31-6. to Boy, they're in trouble. Bob's Washington team plays tonight on Monday Night Football. Uh, Fourth Street, you can go check that game out at Fourth Street. Seahawks taking on Washington, uh, Washington at home. That game, of course, seven fifteen ESPN. But let's just let's just get it out there. Who is the Steelers' daddy, Kelly Sanders? Say it loud and proud. Well, let's just say that the Steeler Nation this morning isn't saying here, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> the Bengals have destroyed the Steelers. 
in both opportunities, in both games that they've had. When's uh, the last year? time that happened? 2009. Wow. So they're second in the AFC North, 7-4, and four, of course, in the uh, the Wildcat run. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems as if uh, you, you wondered after the Jets' loss, okay, here they come again, but they've rattled off two in a row, beat the Raiders um, by 19 last week, and then beat the Steelers by 31. Yeah, beat the Raiders at Las Vegas, and then all the Raiders do is go to Dallas and beat who I think is a pretty good Cowboy team. Not necessarily a Cowboy fan, but I think Dallas is pretty decent. Uh, and for the Raiders to go in there and do that, so which can only mean one thing, Luke. San Diego, the or excuse me, the L.A. Chargers go to Cincinnati next Sunday, and you can probably bet the mortgage that the <laughs> Bengals will soil the bed. We'll just, they, they got the Chargers this week. Got the Forty ers at home next week. So an opportunity, man. You could look up Cincinnati be nine and four. Where is Boomer Esiason? Yeah, what but the, is happening? But the Emperor has got the evil empire over there in New England playing pretty well, too. So uh, pretty good. don't forget about them. All right. Appreciate you joining us today. Bob, I believe, will be back sitting in with us tomorrow. It'll be great to, uh, to hear the living legend himself. Thanks to Heath Hinton. Of course, Cyber Monday deals at Big Gold Nation. Go check that out. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Lee Roberts on the show. And uh, got some remotes coming up. We'll be in Columbia Wednesday for Christmas in Marion County. For Kelly and Michael, I'm Luke. Have a great Monday. We'll catch you tomorrow. And as always, Southern Miss to to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.